Cars today are safer, more reliable, and packing more technology than ever before. But if you're looking for an appliance on wheels, this isn't your show. We want to help everyone find a car they'll really love, capable on the commute, and a laugh on your favorite road. If you take the long way home, this is for you. New cars, used cars, whatever your budget, whatever your needs, if you like to drive, we want to help. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. So if you're following along with the podcast, more importantly, if you listened last week, I just want to go ahead and say it. I'm going to acknowledge right now, hey, we lied. Hey, we did. We lied. I don't know if you thought about it, but you know, last, last week we got all excited about ourselves. We've got four generations of Miata film. We've been talking about it since we shot it last fall. It's coming this Thursday, blah, blah. This is what we said last week. Um, it's not out yet. I just want to go ahead and say that. I'm Not sure everybody's noticed, but you posted I still, something on Facebook, which I is nice. I still have it on my computer. Yeah. I am working on it. In fact, I had that moment of horror about uh, 48 hours ago. I turned on my computer, and I did that thing where I got halfway loaded and decided I didn't want to load anymore, and I thought, no. <laughs> don't 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 give me more problems. But I am acknowledging genuinely, short of the Earth stopping spinning, it is really going to be released this Thursday. Now, if the Earth stops spinning, I'm going to acknowledge that it's not going to happen. But we've got but bigger problems. That, if the Earth stops spinning, we've yeah. got bigger problems. Yes, exactly. Not releasing I, yeah, a piece. If you're still watching YouTube, that YouTube is more robust <laughs> than I thought. But anyway, um, but but we really are releasing. I mean, here's the thing: it's a 40 minute film. It is almost as long as one of our features. It's all, I've almost been completing a feature in the midst of everything else, and I just I need it. I flat out needed more time. It was one of those things where I could do some all-nighters and I would still not be all that happy with it or we can just go, all right, let's acknowledge, let's take another week, let's clean up the mix, let's clean up the, the, the picture. So that's what we've been doing. And, of course, it being me, it'll come out and there'll still be things I want to fix, but it will be ready this Thursday. So we're serious this time. I'm not <laughs> lying. Last week, I will acknowledge we lied. Unless the air stops spinning, of course. And then you've exactly. got real problems. You're hosed and don't mm -hmm. watch our film if the air stops spinning. So I, uh, I like that. Yeah, like I said, you posted something on Facebook, and it's just a huge, yeah. huge piece, and you're just going crazy. The editing is great, and we're also dropping a trailer on the front yeah, of you're that right. Absolutely. that will be well, on the, the front of, of that, every comparison piece yeah. going forward that we do. That's, that's been cut and built in the process as well. That's a good, thanks for bringing that up. That's a good point. I mean, YouTube always wants you to have a channel trailer which is the advertisement for anybody that comes to your channel for the first time. And we've had one's a couple years old now. We wanted to do a new one, but we didn't want to do one that was just, here's our channel. We wanted to do one that was, here's Everyday Driver. Here's everything we yeah, do. Right. So that you have an understanding of not just YouTube, but this podcast and our feature films and just getting you a broader sense of what we do and who we are. So we've made a trailer that is about that. And because, thank you to those of you that watch our trailers and our FAQs and those things, but it's a, it's a tiny percentage of... Let's just go with the EcoBoost piece. That piece has been watched by about a half million people or more in the past six months. The uh, uh, the last trailer that we dropped or FAQ got watched by about five ten thousand people. So right, we're going to start right. putting this intro. This is going to be our new intro, actually, on the front of our big pieces. So you get a sense of the scale of the show and all the kind of content we release. Because a lot of people, you and I have been joking about this, Paul, that number of emails we've gotten the last two or three weeks from you guys that are listening to the podcast that are saying, I've been watching your videos for years, guys. Thank you. Just discovered the podcast. So some of you that already know about us still haven't heard about the podcast. So hopefully this trailer gets the word out even further and we can just uh, be spending even more time with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I like just watching. You've shown me various cuts of the trailer and I like the new music. I like the shots. It's reminded me of all the great footage that we've gotten over the years. And I'm really 
really thrilled for everybody to see this because I, I think it there's it a lot of cars in gives a broad overview of more about what we do it it pushes mm-hmm. people towards the mm-hmm. films and all of that because you're right there isn't a single source of the truth the website yeah. is but YouTube is where we get the eyeballs and so yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. the website syndicates everything and by the way if you haven't seen the new everydaydriver.com website that does have everything, as I'm saying. It's podcasts, mm-hmm. it's, it's writings. A it's a hub for everything. Yep. Uh, we've even yep. got the guys featured, the the other photographers. So Edgar, Gavin, Everybody that works Chance, us, yeah. and yeah, yeah. Tom. So all four of those guys, they've got their bios up there. So it's a good read. Get to know us a little bit more. Get to know the team as we're growing. Mm-hmm. Tom's mm-hmm. actually going to be uh, our European correspondent moving forward this year. And we're working yeah. on yeah, yeah. getting him into some cars that we don't generally get in the, in America here. So we're looking forward yeah, to that's gonna that. Yeah, that's going to be key. That's going to be key. Having him it's do some stuff cool. that is, yeah, that, that we just don't even get here. So we're going to have him discussing that, which will be very cool. That will be coming up later in the year as well. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, we're sitting on our hands doing nothing over here at Everyday Driver. <laughs> we're just, we, we, we have nothing but time. Well, you since know, we do, yeah. we might as well do a couple car debates. I mean, since we just we, we should sit we should do that, and we also eat bonbons you know you watch daytime TV. Ex- you know, <laughs> don't know what you guys. That actually about. sounds like hell on earth. But anyway, <laughs> exactly. but, but, I agree. but thank God you actually posted on Facebook tonight and you asked for questions. I totally forgot you remembered, and we got a lot of questions. We want to cover some of your quick questions that you answered as well. So every week, remember, we will be posting. Hey, we're about to podcast. What are your questions? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that'll be a few hours for, before we do so, and that'll be Facebook only. So keep that in mind as well, and. Thanks to Chance, who's uh, one of our many photographers, we actually yes. have a regular regular Instagram feed going now. So if you'd like some pretty pictures, join us on Instagram. Yes, yes. All right, so a couple of questions. We'll just pull from Facebook right now. And looking at Hero Scott's question, he said, Todd, you pulled oh, yeah. the trigger on this FRS with a budget of 20 k and put then you on the spot here. He did. He said, Paul, if I had, you know, if you had that same budget, of 20000 to buy any car right now, what would it be? <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, I saw that, and I kind of gulped because I've been yep. thinking more than that. But twenty k is a good range to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to think back to our shoot where you and I compared the uh, – well, we talked about the FRS BRZ, but we were comparing the Fiat Abarth 500 and the Fiesta yeah. ST. It was that shoot when we yeah. got into the wrap-up yeah. discussion – and I said, this Fiesta ST is exhibiting strange, neutral, almost rear-wheel drive-like qualities in some places, in some corners. Not everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it would, just, it would yeah. just rotate, and I would giggle, and it was a lot of fun. And so I think, mm-hmm. 20 grand, I could get a Fiesta ST that's a hoot. We did that at the ST Octane Academy. Yeah. That was both the Focus yeah. ST and the Fiesta ST. I think yeah. I'm kind of leaning towards that car just for 20k. You could find a good used one, yeah. You could find a used one for sure for that. There's no question. You because I mean the new ones. Find a Focus ST used for that, maybe not. The the but. new ones, the new ones loaded are 20k. So yeah. I mean, pardon me, the new ones loaded 20, are like 23, 24. Yeah, so yeah, for, yeah. with 20k, you could absolutely get a used one. I think that's a great idea. And you know, even that EcoBoost uh, versus the Hits piece that we did. Every time you're in the Fiesta, you're just laughing. So I think I'm not too surprised you answered that way. I bet you would love that car mm. definitely. Mm. All right. I, I think that's what I'd go. Like, that's just off the cuff right now, I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah it's, well, that's the great thing about these questions is it's just kind of shoot from the hip stuff. Sean Patrick, who's actually one of our uh, one of our patrons, he sent in a good question that, I, that it kind of developed in a direction I wasn't sure about. Because he said, hey, I'm looking at a possible track car, so Nissan 240SX or Toyota MR2. And then he gets himself – I can almost hear him talking to himself. He gets that little aside, like a little aside thought bubble and goes, wait a minute. 
what makes a mid-engine car so cool? Never had one. Why do people like them? Which mm -hmm. I actually think that's the core of the question. And to answer your initial part, uh, Sean, I actually think that the 240SX is going to be more neutral, but probably harder to find one that is uh, cheap but ready to run. I bet you you're going to have more options for MR2s because I don't think that's a car that people are just seeking out to go hoon necessarily. I, somebody's correcting me right now. I can almost hear it. But I almost wonder about could you just go get the Spider? and mm. just enjoy that car as a track car. I don't know what you have to do about the top. It would depend on your track. But I kind of would like you to get into a mid-engine because you said you haven't had one. And I'm trying to think of, I mean, you're going to have to jump in here on some of your dynamics and the design background. But I, the thing about mid-engines that I love, I think about the Lotus Elise and the Evora and the, uh, and the Cayman even. Mm -hmm. The great mm -hmm. thing about it, and you know what I'm going to throw in the mid-engine? I know it sounds odd, but follow me. The, the other one is the front mid-engine, which is the S2000. The thing say... about it is... Yeah, getting that weight. It's getting the weight between the two axles. That's the key thing. Yeah. And that, in, in a traditional mid-engine, which I'm going to go with the Elise because it's a great example of this. Traditional mid-engine, the heaviest part of the car is now just behind you. I mean, the, the weight distribution on an Elise is like 40 front, 60 rear. It's something like that. It's definitely rear biased. But because you get it inside the wheels, the rotation is better. And once it mm -hmm. breaks loose, it has a tendency. Now... Mid-engines can be scary for this same reason. Especially but once it Elises. breaks loose, it's going to... Yeah, Elises are not Especially forgiving. those cars. But, you are... But, but the, <laughs> once it breaks loose, the, the back is, is definitely the part that breaks. The back starts coming around. So now the Cayman is one of the most benign mid-engine chassis ever. When it breaks loose, it doesn't snap. The Elise can snap. If you don't catch it fast, it will go away. And I've watched people do it. But the, the Cayman, when it starts to lose uh, traction because of that mid-engine thing and the back starts coming around, it's very controllable. It's very just – it's agile, but it's balanced. It's really nice. You get a well-sorted mid-engine car. That rotation, that weight behind you actually works to your benefit as far as keeping the back a little bit down for braking, for rotation in a corner because, because the, the, it's not going to plow. It doesn't want to understeer. It kind of wants to oversteer. It's a very unique dynamic that is a unique thing to feel. I recommend it to you, Sean, just because it will add to your kind of repertoire of driving experience. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the front mid-engine bias. That's a little bit of a twist because technically mm -hmm. that S2000 is a mid-engine car. It's just yes. behind the rear axle. That's what gives mm -hmm. it that great balance. And think of the, you know, we call mid-engine generally right behind the rear seats. But think yeah. of the, uh, think of a merry-go-round. And the pole that goes up and down for the merry-go-round, that's almost your center of rotation. That's your sort of, this is where the sure. car wants to sure. rotate around. So imagine a mid-engine car like a Cayman as, you know, that merry-go-round kind of horse. It's sort of a funny metaphor, but just imagine that. And that's, that's the pole around which you're driving. And that's what makes those neutral mm -hmm. cars with mm -hmm. neutral balance so great. And I will say, if you've never had a track car before, there is a reason guys still gravitate towards the $10,000 Porsche 944. Because that did have such sure. great weight balance. So it doesn't yeah, necessarily yeah. have to make be the mid-engine. The mid-engine is one of the closer things to it. And it, it, it teaches you different driving skills. So when those front tires start to unload, you're doing different things than you would in a front-engine rear-wheel drive car. So it'll start you bring to up a great point. broaden yeah, yeah, your, yeah. your driving horizons. I mean, you, you drive differently. Well, you jump in that Elise, mm -hmm. it's power on through the corners where you can – you can kind of screw up and kind of, you know, biff a corner in a in a front engine car. In the Los Elise, you're faster with the power on through the corner, but if you lift, 
goodbye. You're backwards through the hedge. And it will teach you well, that you know, very quickly. You bring up another interesting point about the Elise specifically. I mean, because it because it doesn't even have power steering, it, it telegraphs what I'm about to say even further. I mean, you're in a world away that, that naturally doesn't really want to understeer. But the thing that's fascinating about a mid-engine car, and, and 911s can do this too, especially older 911s, but mm-hmm. a mid-engine car, the Elise is a great example, is as you start to lose grip the steering gets lighter and lighter. I mean, you've got load, you've got load. Oh, I can feel the corner, I can feel the corner. And then you start feeling this weird floaty lightness creep in. Right. And that's the Elise starting to go, oh, <clears throat> excuse me, by the way, we're about to get to where things get ugly. Yeah. And so yeah. you kind of you can kind of feel that little dance as the front of the car, which which intellectually is not what you're used to. You're used to the weight's up there. The, the front's not, the back, wheels aren't going to suddenly get light. I mean, that you can find the edge of grip and it'll slide. Sure, it'll, it'll understeer. But the steering doesn't typically get really light prior. In the Elise, it does. And you go, oh, well, hmm, that's the edge. I better, you know, I better bring it back a bit. <laughs> There's Very the interesting edge. feel. It, it drops really off is, quickly. Yeah. Whereas I'm thinking of that 235i on uh, Spa Francorchamps. You could grind those front tires into the corner. You could just throw it in <laughs> yeah. and just grind on them and throw them in and yeah. you know there's still a long longer ways to go before you start to lose that traction well, up front and those those front wheel you know front wheel front engine cars i mean they're just that's a, a situation where you can use the understeer to your benefit i mean you're right you can just hammer those front tires and it, yeah it's it's a completely opposite dynamic so in that regard sean i'd be very curious for you to try the mid-engine but let's be honest the 240 is the japanese version of the 944 you couldn't go wrong there if you right. can find a clean one that's ready to run that would be my question about that i feel like maybe i'm wrong i feel like the good ones of those are like a good bmw e30 they've been snatched up so they're gone yeah possibly if you find a little old lady who had a 240sx maybe maybe mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's jump into some car debates. Thanks for the questions, guys. We'll do a couple more at the end of the podcast here, but wanted Mm -hmm. to get to the car debates with the first one being Chris in Michigan. He wrote to us just recently, and uh, he just kind of opened himself up to new choices. He is 40. He's an ER nurse. And by the way, Chris, I went to design school. I don't know how you did it. (laughs) I I have a very – I can't do the blood thing, and I – yeah, I'll, I'll be on the floor. So if you're in the yeah. ER, thank you for being one of those guys. And you you, Yeah, you're a special person in that regard. <laughs> Seriously. Absolutely true. I just – Absolutely true. <laughs> hey, blood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Paul, Paul, actually, I will, I will acknowledge – I have to tease, tease you for a second. Paul has such a weak stomach, you actually can't describe things currently going on with Paul. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, Paul, no. oh, here's how you're, no, don't tell me about my own body. Can't, can't handle it. No. no. I mean, there's one thing, like, like I, don't have a, I don't have a good tolerance for something happening to other people. I'm not good with that. But stuff that's happening to me, I've kind of got an intellectual demeanor about it. Paul can't even handle that. It's like, nope, nope, sorry. <laughs> Goes white on. as a sheet, got to pass out. Got to flip yeah, on anyway. past the surgery channel. I just can't deal anyway. So, um. so yeah, so Chris is an ER nurse. <laughs> he, he, is, he is single, no kids, no girlfriend. He's, he's, he likes cars. He wants a new car. He has a Porsche 930, which is interesting, and he has an Aston Healey, an Austin Healey, sorry, and uh, he has those cars as his kind of fun wrench on, these are my enjoyable cars, so he's going, all right, I have a 30-mile commute through backcountry of Michigan, and some of the roads are fun, and some of the roads are bad quality, doesn't need storage space, he needs something that will run, do this commute year-round, including bad weather, and he can enjoy without taking out and beating on the 930 or the or the Austin Healey. He can drive those cars for fun. So this is an interesting category here because he's happy to do rear wheel drive, 
and he's going, all right, guys, what are my options? I'm almost, I'm almost gloating over here with my wild card. I, I'm pretty excited. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'm all not right. gloating, but well, I'm just, got, I'm excited here. He's got here. forty-five grand to spend. He's got a good budget. He, he, he wants to pay cash. And the thing that I take from this, honestly, is that he wants something that he can enjoy on his everyday commute, but is going to just run. He's got his project cars. He's got his, I'm not sure if they're going to run cars, but he loves them. This is the car that just needs to run and still be fun. And he's got 45 grand to spend, which I think is really interesting. By the way, Chris, I wonder how much that 930 is worth now. I mean, that's got to be starting to really creep up yeah. there. But uh, anyway, I yeah. I think so, some, yeah. Some coin in that. I loved, Chris, I loved your comment. <laughs> when you took a date in your 930 and, and you kind of described it as her saying, yeah, well, you've got a good job. Why do you drive this old thing? Goodbye. Last date. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not calling you back. I laughed out loud because uh, car yeah, guys definitely understand that. that. Was awesome. uh, so mm -hmm. the, the cars that Chris is considering here is the BMW 135i. Uh, mm -hmm. He indicates he's on the list for the new Focus RS, but uh, we'll see. We actually know another guy who is a friend of the show. He's out in California. He is buying his and taking delivery in May sometime of his Focus RS yeah. from a dealership yeah, yeah. in Denver. So anyway, something to consider. Yeah, um, shop nationwide, apparently, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? Honda Civic Type R, Porsche Cayman. He's hoping that shows up here. Porsche Cayman, yeah. But he's what also else? got he's got the 135i BMW and the new 235i. The new Both of those yeah. theoretically are in his world. He also lists the Lotus Elise, and I'm going to say right now, Chris, obviously I love the Lotus Elise. It does not belong on your list. You're talking about driving this car in all conditions, all weather. I, I just I can't say Elise for you. I, and, and I'm the guy that I don't need creature comforts and all this. And, I, and I'm the guy that seriously considered if I got an Elise instead of the FRS that I have, what I've driven it year round, yes, I would have put snow tires on it, even though they're like trying, you know, trying to find a needle in a haystack to get the proper snow tires. But <laughs> right. I would have done it. But I just I think what, what I want for you is a car that will be fun that you don't have to think about. And the Lotus is still a car you think about. And so I, I, I think it's off the list, personally. I've got some choices for you, Chris. And the first might I've be got a some couple, yeah. usual suspects, but I'm really excited about my wild card because I don't know if you've considered this car. And I'm just, I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering what you think of it. I'm actually okay. wondering what you think of it, Todd. Um, all right. So I like the 235i. That's a great car. You could even go 228 car. Uh, for um, two twenty eight, two twenty eight, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, could yeah. be interesting. Could I thought of a nine eleven. You've got forty five cash, so maybe, maybe a Carrera S, like a nine nine seven Carrera S. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it might still just, be pushing. He's 50. got his. He's got his Porsche, and I think yeah. he should go newer. I think this has got to be the car that is new, that is yes. warranty or close to it, that you don't have to think about. That, at least that's what I take from this. so glad you said that because okay. – well, I've got a couple. I've got a couple. We do. You want to save – you want your wild card now, or you want me to, you want well, me to save it a bit? Sometimes I feel like I'm, I bait everybody by dragging it out, and I just – You do, but, but I don't want to be the anticlimactic guy with a, with a boring list afterward. I mean, okay. I, I want to say right. this real quick oh, about good. your list, Chris. Okay, all right. Go, the go. One thirty. The 135i is cool. I th I've always felt like that car rotated a little bit top heavy, but it is actually really cool. It's it, you get it with the sport package, and all, you can even get the 128 sport package, and it's decent. Um, so that is a good option. I prefer the BMW 235i. Again, you're going newer. It's going to run because it's newer. It's going to theoretically have fewer yeah, problems. Yeah, yeah. I like your your alternate there though, Paul. You know, you did 228. 
it's still got actually a surprising amount of power. You would save yourself right. some money. You could get that with a stick. That actually is a good idea. I, I do like that. Those are kind of my front runners from your list. I think the Focus RS is one of those cars where you're going to have to track it down and chase it. I'm trying to get you into stuff you don't have to think about. The Cayman is interesting, and I love the Cayman, but you've got a Porsche, so I want to keep you yeah. out of that. So yeah, I have yeah, to yeah, ask yeah. two questions. One, why isn't there, there an STI on here? You haven't listed that yep. you've ever had a Subaru. For 45 k you could have your pick of brand-new STIs. You'll have a Subaru. It'll run. It'll have a warranty. If you want to hoon that car, great. If it snows, you will cackle and, and not care. And it's just going to be fun, but run, and off it goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could even do a WRX, but I think the STI has got to be considered. And then I have an idea that's not a car, but an idea that led me to a car. Follow me here. Okay. I'm going to stay with my concept of a car you don't have to think about. You've got 45 k Actually, you know what? Don't buy anything. I think you should lease something for two years hmm. so that you don't even – so now you really don't have to think about it. All it does is run. It's covered under warranty. It's a lease, and in two years you can dump it and maybe get something else, maybe not. It becomes but, – but, and, and if you're going to lease, you could do STI. But I also go – if you're going to go with a lease, why not a Golf R? Why not a GTI? Just lease one of those for a couple years. They'll be fun. You'd enjoy it. It would be a perfectly good commute car. It can handle nasty roads, be they weather or be they just crumbling. It will handle fun roads, and it will be a perfectly good commute car. You can take a date out, and she's not going to be like, what is this car? You're like, no, it's a Golf R. It's awesome. So, <laughs> no, it's a Golf R. Trust me. <laughs> but, but, it, but in two years, you walk away, and you've still got the cars you love. You've still got that mm-hmm. 930. Mm-hmm. You've got the Austin Healey. You leased something that is fun and runs, and goodbye. Hmm, that's not a bad idea, actually. I like that. It's almost like the appliance that's fun. The appliance you don't have to it worry is. about, but it's still fun it and is. enjoyable and puts a smile on your face. Mm-hmm. Um, with your commute, Chris, uh, 30 miles through the backcountry of Michigan farmland, you wouldn't probably go over a 12,000-mile-a-year lease, something like that. You could always pay for 15,000 miles a year, but yeah. you'd, you'd probably be fine. You'd probably be right in the sweet spot. Because you'd still be driving mm-hmm. these other cars on the weekends and whenever. Agreed. This is just Agreed. your commuter. That's a good idea. And and that kind of opens up a lot keep... of brand new options. Agreed. You know that? And I'm just trying to keep Chris into stuff that there's, there's no thought. There's no thought process. It just get in it. It runs. I don't have to worry about maintenance. Hmm. It's fun when I need it to be. It's not the car I'm in love with. You've got the cars you're in love with. Let's get you a car you like. Genuinely like. Don't don't get an appliance like real appliance. Let's stay away from those, dear no, God. But, no. but, but at the same time, you could lease something that just is no problems. It's just fun. It does what you needed to do. And you get in the, in the 930 on the weekend. I, I like that. But what I, I got to know wild card. Where are you? This is a wild card. And it came about because of Chris's words here saying, hmm, doesn't need four doors. He wants nimble with quick acceleration. Reliable. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, the the roads are not always in the best repair also caught my eye. I thought, okay, okay. are we talking like okay. rally car? Because I thought STI. I thought, <laughs> hmm, okay. are we going rallying through the backwoods of Michigan farmland? Or is it more Chris paved, is sideways all the way to the ER. <laughs> Seriously, it just throws the car sideways into the hospital parking lot and parks it next to the ambulance <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> But, you know, I like this. I do. It might not be snowing all the time. It might be paved and it might just be fast, open, fun roads. And sure. it's got to be a car that you really love and you gravitate to. 
And so I went searching, and I came across this okay. random – it's pretty out there, but stay with me. And okay. for 45K, you could get yourself a 2013 Chevy Camaro ZL1. This Interesting. Is, this is a car with magnetic ride control. So if you take yeah. it racing, you yeah. can tighten things up, and it's quick and fast and nimble. Or for mm -hmm. the rougher roads, mm -hmm. you can soften things out. Magnetic yeah. ride control. It's unbelievably quick. It's very fast yeah. and quick. 580 horsepower supercharged engine. You can get the You're manual right. transmission. All... Mm -hmm. It would yeah. be reliable. It would be... It's not going to be a Camaro where, where people go, oh, you've got a Camaro. What the hell is that thing? Look at that yeah. stance. Look how, you know, just well, but badass it's, that thing it's, looks. It's much going to be much better to drive than anybody would think going, oh, you got a Camaro. Yeah, yeah I get that. And it's it's got a good dual personality about it because that magnetic ride control. I had, yeah, okay. All right. I'm, I see how you got there. It's and just it is a new driving experience. It's a new too. driving it's a very experience. New driving experience. Yeah. It's it's different than any of the cars on your list. I mean, you had Lotus Elise, Porsche Cayman, those are those are yeah. needle kinds of thread the needle kinds of cars. But mm -hmm. Todd and I drove that ZL1 on track at one of the Motorpress Guild track days, yeah. I think 2 yeah, years yeah. ago now. I think right when it came out. And we got mm -hmm. out of that car grinning going this is a Camaro? The Camaro yeah, can do of, this? Are you kidding genuinely, me? Genuinely. I mean, and, and here's the thing. The Z28 is even better. But the ZL1 is much more livable. It's much more mm. the, the livable car that still has that agility. I loved the gearbox. Yeah. It was easy to heel toe. It was actually one of the cars I was fastest in all day at the yeah. Motor Guild. You day. remember that. Yeah. It was just. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It was great. Dry pavement, great. But then I think, okay, well, it's snowing and you still want to get to work. I suppose you could put a different set of wheels. Back Maybe do off. the, yeah. you know, the winter yeah. tire thing and it'll still do fine. It's got – and the Camaro, you know, from a, a date perspective or just any friend, it's going to be a nice car. It's even just slow speeds. It's going to be a nice place to be. And yeah. 45 cash, they have dropped in price. And that just sort of struck me. I thought, well, the C7 that's a, that's Corvette, a, I like, all this stuff. I like that you're off. I like that you're Z1. off in a completely different market segment. That's mm -hmm. that's the it cool is. thing for Chris. It it's is. something completely random. I, I hadn't thought of that, but I like where you went. That's pretty cool. That's pretty something cool. to well consider, done. Chris. Well done. Yeah, something yeah. to consider. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in any case, if you guys, you know, whether or not you get what we recommend, I, I'm always curious. The both of us are. We're always curious to hear what Definitely. you got and why. Yeah. yeah. Um, Agreed. Agreed. And, uh, you know, maybe what we're talking about gives you an idea for another car that actually is better or really fits your needs or Absolutely. whatever. So we're, well, we're I mean, always that's, that's cool. A, a lot of you write back and say, thanks for, for the recommendations. I ended up getting this. I mean, every now and then, we, in fact, we need to do another one. We do those shows that are about here's what people got, and we need to revisit that again. Because mm -hmm. we do think of that. We do follow up. And, again, we read everything that you write to us. So thank you for that. And uh, thank you for the comments that you're leaving. In fact, some of you this past week have just watched Pilgrimage and left comments on Pilgrimage. And some of our other films are still getting comments. Thank you. We hope you will go find Pilgrimage, Mid-Inches of Mountains, or 50 Years of 9-11 on Vimeo. Or, Paul's going to say it, he's got a closet full of Blu-rays. We'd love for you to be watching our films and then getting on and making comments. Because not only do we read them, but others read them. And it helps them be informed about whether or not they should watch those films. So we'd love for you to rate and comment. Yep. All right, for our second debate, this is Alex. Alex actually visited us. He came through Utah to the ST Octane Academy at Miller Motorsports yeah, Park time. before mm -hmm. it has now become Utah Motorsports Campus. But he came by, yeah. and we met with him. So it was really cool to have people 
come through town and we, we actually found a time where, where all of us could meet up and just talk about all, anything that struck us. And so he writes yeah. to us he, going – He was in from Chicago and loving that yeah, 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 which was really cool. Yeah, That, that was going. a lot of fun. He, he, um, he wrote to us and, and he's – it sounds like a, a little bit of a minor emergency because uh, – <laughs> I'm just I'm reading through it. He he almost wrote a book uh with all the stuff that he's thinking about, but it just you can see it's just words are tumbling out. And this yeah. before I dive in, it sort of gave me this idea. I mean, it's 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 a crazy idea and it's something I don't think we should do, but it's along the lines of people wanting to get out of a car and they've tuned it and everything, and I think, well, that could be good for another mm-hmm. listener. They might be looking for something exactly like that. Yeah. But then the car debate would turn into us just reading classified ads for everybody listening. And then, exactly. hey, for the next, you meet for the him. Next half you hour. meet him. He wants exactly. to buy your so, car. So he wants Chicago to buy Chicago is riding for, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but and I think, but Alex no, no, has no, got no, an no. interesting car. I mean, he's gone. He's gone. Uh, you know, Focus ST. He's got the ST3 package. He's already done a bunch of stuff to it. I mean, he's got an exhaust downpipe intercooler a tune i mean he's he's one of these guys that as soon as he gets a car he must do something to it must do and he's having a lot of fun exactly exactly (laughs) he can't stop himself so So he's got all this all this money in this focus and he likes it but then he did that terrible thing he went to the auto show in chicago locally and he saw the mustang gt and said "Uh uh-oh i really like that car and he's writing us and going guys um should I get a Mustang instead of the Focus ST that I've done all this work to? Well, yeah. Interesting and, problem. And adding to that is he drove the Mustang GT with the track pack on the track. And so then mm-hmm. went to the Chicago Auto Show and went, oh, yeah, yeah there it is again. Yeah, yeah, there it's it is again. sort of like your muse, Alex. She's waiting. Now, now, I, now I must have one. Yep. I think that's so yep. funny. Well, I mean, and Alex, Alex is a big guy. I mean, he's he's over six feet tall. He's a big guy, so he's wanting a car with some space. He's got three little kids, so he's sitting here having a discussion about, okay, actually, I can get all three kids in my little Focus hatch. So if I get a Mustang, am I in trouble now? Now, he has two other family cars. They've got a Sequoia. They've got a Prius, so they can do family duty. And I mean, no one's surprised that the kids prefer those cars because they've got more space. I mean, mm-hmm. kids don't think about cars like we think about cars, by and large. So actually, you know what? Side note, I didn't tell you this the other day. Uh-oh. So my son, my son, loves the FRS. Yeah. And, okay, I'm going to acknowledge that he's six, and I drive my FRS quickly. He is convinced it is the fastest car in the world. Now, he's staggeringly <laughs> wrong. He's staggeringly wrong. But I love the, I love the fact that, it's, that the car sends its sensations so much through the cabin that he just loves the feel of it. And we had a uh, we just we actually just shot a piece with Paul's Grand Cherokee and a Jeep Renegade, okay? And we drove those. We talked about those. We talked about the Jeep brand. I didn't tell you this. This just happened today. Okay. And my son got a very brief ride in the Renegade through our neighborhood. Okay. We weren't hooning. It's the Renegade. Come on. We were just driving down the street in the Renegade. <laughs> right. 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 And he says to me out of nowhere tonight. He goes, Dad, why would someone get a car that's slow like that? And you said, and I said, well, you know, and I actually it's practically an ad for the car debate. I said, well, son, you know, people buy cars for all kinds of reasons. He said, yes, but why would they get a slow one? And I was like, well, okay, how do I explain to you that the FRS is not the rocket ship you think it is? And secondly, you were in a renegade to go three blocks through a neighborhood. So slow is relative, but it's clearly not his kind of car. But anyway, but 
That's hilarious. So back it's to seared into his brain who, now. You've treated it's it. so funny. You're raising him right. Yeah. I love it. I love exactly. It. Now back to Alex's kids who like the Sequoia and the Prius. And I get why. I get why there's more space. But he is saying, okay, here, here's what made me laugh here. Near the bottom of this, he says, um, I know what you're going to tell me. You're going to tell me that I should stay with the ST and, uh, and, and, and the fact that I put money into it. I don't know that I'm going to say that, Alex, honestly. <laughs> but I, I'm not, but he's, I'm not he's, sure I'm going to say that either because he's asking here, do I stay with this sensible choice, which could be debatable now that you've tuned yeah. it into an 800-horsepower whatever. <laughs> <laughs> not quite, but you get what I mean. Or yeah. go for yeah, the he's, Mustang he's GT. made it more hair on fire. Yeah. I, I have a yeah. maybe a middle ground for you. Okay. Um, okay. But it's still the Mustang, Alex. And I'm wondering about the 2.3 liter turbo Mustang because you're such a tuner. And on a side note, Mm -hmm. I'm wondering by the time, you know, this car's been out for a little while, is the Mustang GT or the Mustang Turbo now the more tunable car? You and I have initially thought that the 2.3 liter turbo, which now is going to be a version of that engine going to be in the Focus RS, Mm -hmm. which makes Mm -hmm. me think, I wonder if tuning. You know, tuners will be able to share parts. Maybe not. I think it's the same foundation, same block, but it's to some degree, an upgraded you know they version are. of that in the RS. And I think you know they are. Yeah. Does that mean you can share parts and they'll be interchangeable? Whatever. I don't know. But I think yeah. all right. If you're you're such a tuner guy, clearly, I mean, you're it's dropping. Look at all point. this stuff: yeah, yeah, yeah. the full exhaust, the intercooler, the tune, everything, and you're still going street racing. Apparently, well, not that we condone that, but you're you're out there and you're you're. Um, you're driving fast. Let's put it that way. And you but love he's, this. He's he's looking for his kind of cruise attitude car mm-hmm. on the streets, and I get that. And so that that's a nice place to be into a into a muscle car instead of your hot hatch. I get it. I do oh, get it. It's not street and racing. I, I, it's, I take, it's drag night. Okay, I I'm correcting myself. Yeah, it's, it's, it's drag it's, night yeah, at the track. Exactly. All right. Um, but you know, you make a great point, Paul. If you're going to tune, obviously you're going to get more power faster out of a turbo engine than you are out of a naturally aspirated unless you decide to super supercharge it for whatever reason. You are kind of missing the rumbling V8, but you know, the biggest thing you've responded to here about your track use is you just like that rear wheel drive dynamic versus your front wheel drive torque steer. Mm-hmm. That mm. that you make a great point, Paul. You're still there in the EcoBoost. Right. Take that car up to four hundred horsepower in the EcoBoost and enjoy yourself. You know, you you make a you make an interesting point. I hadn't actually gone that way, but we kind of lead ourselves that way with his focus experience. That's a that's well, kind of fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your kids are already preferring the Prius and the Sequoia, so I'm thinking, why are you trying to buy a car that you're trying to convince your kids? I don't think you're trying to convince your kids. I think you're trying to convince yourself, and so it doesn't <laughs> sound like in your email that you're. Yeah. Super happy. And so, therefore, I'm happy to announce Alex's car is now for sale. If you'd like to buy a heavily tuned Focus ST, please write to. And you're to. in the Chicago area. Write to. Yeah, there you go. I mean, Be that sure you write Everyday Driver TV at Gmail because, yeah, you're right. Very funny. We could put you in contact with Alex. Um, but anyway, actually funny, a couple a couple weeks ago we had another guy selling a Focus ST and we had somebody write in and ask about it, but it had yeah. already been traded in and sold. It, but anyway, so that actually maybe Alex happened. is selling this one. Yeah. Yeah, believe it or not. but. Um, but, you know, he's got about thirty grand to spend. I have a couple of other thoughts for you. I mean, look, I, I think the Mustang GT, uh, Paul's joke is we're here to spend your money. You found a great deal on about thirty grand, 60-month, 0% financing. You could get yourself a Mustang GT. I'm sitting here scratching my head and going, why are we still talking about it? If you want one, if you can get that deal, 
Um, well, right, right. Go. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm not. I'm the one of the side notes that we talk about every now and then. In fact, Matt Farah and others have asked us about this question. Is that is do we dislike talking to people about their car choices if they already come with a choice? And that can be difficult because sometimes what people are coming with is, will you just justify what I want to do? But there's nothing wrong with that, too. You've got car buddies, and you just go, hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? And in this case, Alex, you're thinking about a Mustang GT. you figured out the financing. you found a good deal on it. If you want that car and you're kind of outgrowing the Focus ST, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, I, I'll I, I'll I'll be the guy standing behind you going go go go. Why no, not? you're you're the little I'd guy like... standing on his shoulder. That's what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> go yeah, go I am. go. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 the devil on his shoulder. That's for sure. But 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 you know, but you make a good point as the alternative on the EcoBoost. That is an interesting thing if he wants to play around with tuning again. I, I like that platform. I've got a couple other options I want to think up. Uh, or want to mention that come out of his dilemma there's clearly a part of Alex that is worried about I do need to haul my kids so I've got a couple uh-huh. of thoughts that have struck me okay do you got any have you got anything else here as well mainly the the Mustang EcoBoost because I, I think with the mm-hmm. kids it's it's less of a relevant thing I mean yeah you do yes that no doubt you've got to you've mm-hmm. got to be able to take your kids around but it's not yeah. like this is going to be your only car it's not like I, exactly. I would change I my tune I agree. And Alex would too if uh, you know if that were the case. If it were like, well, yeah. I really have a family, and this has got to do more yeah. than you know. But you do have these other if two it was, cars. If it was the con- you're talking about, you might have to pick up one or two or possibly all three kids occasionally. Okay. Occasionally, we're talking about two plus right. twos, right. and you're fine. You get you get stuck in the oh wait, I got to grab them from school tonight. And it's not. You even say here it's not that far away from the house, so you just grab them. It's it, it's okay. They're not as comfortable as they could be. It's five minutes. Oh you know? no! You so had to do I, I two trips. Possible. Darn! You had to spend more time in your car driving fast. <laughs> Darn it! Well, I hate but it when I, that I do happens. have to bring. I do have to bring this up. You've, you're a Ford guy. You've got Ford history. You've got Mustang history. You say in here. But I do have to bring this up. If you're going to look at the Mustang, you really ought to take a look at the new Camaro. Mm-hmm. You really mm-hmm. at least should cross shop before you pull the trigger on that Mustang GT. Go see what you can do at the Chevy dealer. I'm not trying to turn a Ford guy into a Chevy guy, but I think you've got to go look, Alex, so you are informed about do I prefer one over the other for reasons other than just the brand. I think you've got to go look. At least you'll know. I mean, if you walk mm-hmm. away and you hate mm-hmm. it, well, then at least you know. I mean, that's a great or you, point. Or you really like it, but you just would rather have mm-hmm. a Mustang. Great. Yeah. Yeah. But then you can know going in, it's not just, well, I only buy Mustangs. Have you driven the Camaro? Go drive it. I think yeah. that's vital. But then if you're going to talk about your kids and you are genuinely, if, you're gonna, if it's going to swing that way and you have to actually have room for the kids, i got to bring up the two usual, usual suspects for thirty grand. One, the four-door E90 M3. Low 30s, you may be able to find one. And then a manual G8, Pontiac G8. If they we're going mm. bigger, they're not as agile, but we're still talking rear-wheel drive V8, which is the thing you're wanting to get into. I say look at those. I think you're taking a page out of my book suggesting that M3. I, I'm not sure they're 30. I, even even with 50 to 80,000 miles, I, th- I still think they're more, honestly. But that's a good I choice. I think it's a hard find. The, a, the manual G8 is, is a guarantee. The, absolutely. The E90 yeah. M3 meets the needs. I don't know if it meets the budget. I will agree with you there. It may be It may be just not possible. Alex, there's something that you said, your last sentence in your email here, that really piqued my interest here, and it has to do with integrated engineering. The video that we did driving their 450-horsepower oh, yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. car, it was the Mark VI generation Golf R. So 20, mm-hmm. I think that was 2013. The last gen. Uh, the last gen Golf R. Yeah. yeah. Prior gen, and uh, 
this is not an integrated engineering commercial, but I, it just struck me, speaking of driving cars, if you were to fly to Salt Lake and you came back through and you're on a trip or you just happened to find yourself here, I guarantee you if you knocked on their door and said, I saw the guy's video, would you let me drive that car? Because it's their test bed, essentially. It's we're, it's their rolling... We're giving out their car now? Easy. Easy. Well, easy. This no, is no, not no. the proof no, no, commercial. No. But, Listen, but, no, no. but those guys out. are awesome. No, hear me out. Hang on. Sure. Hang on. Hear okay, me out. Go on. Sorry. Um, I kind of feel like that's what they're in business to do. And they would say, you know what? Okay. If you are really genuinely interested, I, th- I bet you they'd let you take it for a spin. And it, it's more about just look what you can do with getting a used something because you love the tuning and that's what they're all yeah. about. And it's something yeah. different than the Ford, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, whatever we're it's suggesting. It's a very different world. It's a very different world. I just thought, okay, it's I'm offering it without even asking them. I know that. I admit that. <laughs> but on the other hand, they're in business. They're not in business to not sell turbos and not sell parts. So why wouldn't yeah, they let their people stuff's drive great. that thing? Their stuff's great. It's a I, test bed. I'm just, I'm just laughing at the at the line of people taking a number at the integrated engineering door. I, I don't think they'd complain a bit. I have it after lunch. Oh, I, I don't think they'd complain one bit. They'd say, you know what? Because there's, I bet you there's customers in that line. I bet you. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably and so right. I just I well, say that as a thank you to those guys because they were so generous. They had no qualms about letting us jump into it and, and beat on yeah. it. They beat on yeah. it, and they go, okay, so we learned something. All right, on to the next, you know? That, and that is the interesting thing. thing. I, what I was so excited about with those guys is they were not precious with that car, and every time they were driving it, it was a learning experience. Right, they had right. Their computer hooked up. They were watching what it was doing all the time. When we were driving it, when they were driving it, it was always a, how can we make this better? I, I had a lot of respect for that, but that's funny. Yeah. I just, I'm having this great picture of the take a number thing outside integrated engineering. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask them, I'm going to ask them if they're listening to rate the podcast, which I think that may be a low rating. No, but, but if, you, if you're listening, please, if you've listened this far, please rate the podcast if you haven't yet. A lot of you guys, every week when we say it, are then rating it. Thank you mm-hmm. for listening. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. We are steadily in the top 10 of automotive. If you look at the top 10 of automotive, there's some really big names there, and we're there with them, which is awesome. The podcast is growing steadily. That is entirely due to you guys sharing and rating, so please keep doing that. Couple uh, fan questions before we wrap things up. Uh, two yeah, more here. More. We've got one from Tyler writing to us asking, what are some relatively affordable cars under 50000 new or used? And he said, built within the last 10, 10 years that you guys think will be a highly desirable and or collectible in the future. What a question. I, I have I have two. Oh, you do? I have two I can think of. Yep. I've only got one. I can one. think of two right now. Huh. Okay. What's yours? What's yours? Well, I had to push the budget a little. I mean, you know me. I'm here to Shocking. spend everybody's Shocking. money, not just yours and mine. Yep. Um, collectible, because... You know, we think about 911s and then people speculate. I told you earlier about Porsche 944s and then the 360 uh-huh, uh-huh. mode in a Ferrari. Is that, is that the next Ferrari to go up? Or It's all speculation, of course. But then I think it's got to be pretty unique because yeah. all the BMWs yeah. and the Mercedes, I think, eh, no, those are going to be dime a dozen. Even AMG cars, I don't think so. So I thought of this mm-hmm. one, and it's actually not even out yet. But we've been teased endlessly with it. <laughs> okay. It's the Alfa okay. Romeo Giulia. Think about that car. Maybe. It's, it's Maybe. Okay, probably pushing 60. But 
Yeah. Very unique styling. It's a very unique car. It's not for everybody. I don't think people shopping for that car are going to be the typical, well, maybe, maybe some, but the typical sort of five series crowd. I think it's going to be a, mm-hmm. a new segment of buyers that are really the hardcore enthusiast maybe. that are going to be maybe. gravitating towards those cars. And then as those get older, I wonder if those start to, those first gen, I mean, it's not even out yet. Out yeah. yet. Yeah, and I we're considering you. those are the first generation car. I'm just wondering. I'm, again, all this is speculation, but I, mm-hmm. I'm not convinced about, you know, anything from Audi. No. I, I have two. I have two, and I, I came to them. Look, we're not good at this. I'm not going to pretend that we are. But I have two that I've thought of, and it purely comes down to their enthusiast pedigree and their low sales numbers. Right. Okay? Right. One is the six-speed, which is, like, I think, less than 600 made, six-speed Cadillac CTS wagon. Now, mm, at the okay. moment, they're still going down, but I think I think – in all of these situations, these cars have a floor. Okay. They go down to a okay. certain point, and then they hang out. And then maybe over time they go back up. But I think they have a floor. The other one I think has a floor is the BMW 1M. 1M, I know they're certainly. still going down yeah. now, yeah. but I think the 1M, you get one of those. You keep it in good condition. I think you could possibly in a few years get out of it for what you got into it for. I think it's one of those cars. We're just guessing. We know some auctioneers at various auction houses. If you'd like to actually get a professional opinion on that, we could certainly give you the number. <laughs> this is what we these guys do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, but those are two cars. Market. I mean, the, 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 num- the numbers are, were so low on the sales of both those cars. I think mm-hmm. there's a good shot. And I'll be really honest with you. If I was in the market for either of those market segments, I would be considering one of those two cars because, A, I like them, and, B, I do think it's just a lateral financial move. You get into one, and you'll probably get out of it for about the same. I don't know that they're going to go up. I don't think 10 years from now they're going to be worth a fortune. But it's not going to be it's the a, 9-11 it's a phenomenon that we're experiencing. I, Certainly I, not I, in the short term. Definitely not. No. Definitely not. I mean, it takes, obviously, years. I mean, we're just seeing you know 30-year-old yeah. cars rocket up to 100,000, you yeah. know. With lots of miles, but whatever. It's uh, so then. So then, Blake a had a thing. question too, and he said he's looking for a less than thirty thousand dollar rear wheel drive manual sedan that mm-hmm. isn't German. Hmm. And I think you said crickets. it earlier, actually. I did. I did say it earlier. I think yeah. you said the Pontiac G8. The the Pontiac G8. That's that's really that's really the guy, and that's Australian. So uh, there you go. I, that really is the guy. I mean, that's a good option. I think as it starts to come down, obviously the SS will be in that category. It mm-hmm. isn't there yet. Yeah. yeah. And the the ATS I think will be in that category eventually, but it isn't there yet. Um, both of those are, are worthwhile options. It seems like uh, well. Sub thirty thousand, yeah. It seems like it's mostly American cars to be able to hit that price point. I mean, there's a few German yeah. cars that'll do that, but mm-hmm. uh, well, and you know, thirty thousand dollars somewhere. Time, yeah, not I, I think they're a little yeah. more. I think they're I think they're closer to forty now. But the that same generation CTS uh, sedan in in manual is worthwhile. Same one as I just brought up as the wagon. It's in that range as well. Those are coming down too. So that's an mm-hmm. option there too. Mm-hmm. Guys, thank you for all the questions. Keep it coming. Car debates are everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. The website can now uh, accept your emails as well, so you can try that. Yep. And uh, the fan questions on the Facebook page. Sorry we didn't get to everybody's question tonight, but keep it coming. You guys have great questions. Absolutely. And it, it, it's great. It pushes us. I mean, at least we weren't in uh, the far corners of the Polish Internet 
And we um, weren't this time. Yes, this time around. So I, I kind of saved your bacon there. Um, <laughs> but we'll, I'm sure we'll find the dark corners of the internet <laughs> on a future podcast, and, and you'll pull up some website that no one's ever heard of that has like the holy grail of cars. I'm, I'm, I know how this works. I've seen it. I've been around a while. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm working on it. I'm, I'm working on my repertoire of websites. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you for all those questions. Please rate and review, and uh, we will talk to you next week.